Jane. What's up? <laughs> not much. We're not alone today. We're not alone today. And we feel like we should... I feel like we have to say that, otherwise I feel like we're just like ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, before we launch into our spiel. We're not going to tell you who her is for a second though, because <laughs> we've got a few things to talk about. <laughs> so what's the first thing? Um, the first thing is about, what is it, live show? We have a live show. Sorry, Jane's so much better at all the yeah, public service announcements. Yeah, I don't know why I live with you. I don't know why I live with you. Um, we, as you know, we have a live show coming up on the 19th of June in Gertrude on uh, Pierce Street, which is the new restaurant from the 3FE guys. Um, and we're going to be there at 8 o'clock. I think we're there from 8 o'clock. So yep. come after work. It's a Wednesday. There's going to be really nice nibbles. We're going to be talking. Um, we, well, we'll announce the topic soon. Yeah. Um, there's going to be glasses of wine. There's going to be Prosecco on tap. Or so <laughs> the rumour has it. Dangerous. Um, there's only a handful of tickets left. And they're 10 euro. And they're available on Eventbrite. Um, the link is in our bio on our Instagram. Yeah. So do come along. It's always along. Great, great crack. It is great crack. Yeah. But... On to today. On to today. So we're here with the lovely Annie. Hello, Annie, oh, wow. who's known as the relationship coach on Instagram, right? That's correct. Yes. That is correct. Do you want to tell us who you are? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, what are you all about? What's, what's your background? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. All the good stuff. So, um, well, I've set up as a relationship coach probably for the last three years now. So um, I always had a huge interest in relationships, but I didn't really have any role models in Ireland um, to kind of follow, to know how I was going to make uh, a living and a business out of the thing I was most interested. So it took me a lot of soul searching. And um, I worked in education for a number of years. I um, worked in second level. I worked in third level. And then I have a background in psychology, did some studies in psychotherapy so um I kind of went around the houses to be honest <laughs> before <laughs> I was to be fair to yeah. figure out what I want to do to figure out exactly what I want to do so then I kind of just married all of those things together and decided well why not offer a service um where I can help support people in an area that I always felt like I needed help and support in which was in the area of relationships yeah, okay. so um so yeah so I work with single people I work with couples and um it's really with the aim to help people create healthy, intimate, meaningful, long-term relationships. Amazing. Oh, that is so lovely. And I also <laughs> feel like, so we did an episode a while ago about like chasing your dream and, yeah, and passion your project. passion projects. Uh-huh. And I just have to say, absolutely well done for like yeah. going for it. And knowing what it is you Thank wanted you. to do. Like that's, when we were talking about that, we're always like, it's, it's sometimes I'm like jealous of people who like know what their, the thing mm. is. And you knew that it's great. Also, I think, uh, a great indicator of if you should do something is usually if you're saying you were it was something that you felt you needed and then you've created that like that's the same with the podcast we kind of felt like there was nothing here Mm. like we were looking for our podcast essentially but so we just made ourselves and so I think that's a nice little approach to take to things yeah if if you'd listen to it yourself or something you want then it's a pretty good yeah I guess idea to do it but then sometimes it's like there's no other alternative you're, if you're kind of working in a way that you know is really close to what you want to be doing, but it's not quite it. Mm. So it can feel like almost harder to stay as you are, yeah. do you know, than to actually just change. So you have to make, did you have to take like literally a big leap into doing this all of a sudden or did you kind of ease into it or how did it work? I took the gradual kind of approach, yeah, yeah, yeah. where I like did the lecturing part-time still do a little bit of it but um but yeah I had to do that I think that was one way to kind of offer myself a little bit of confidence in knowing that yeah, like absolutely. you know this is this is definitely there's definitely a need for this and then realizing that as clients come and you get really good feedback and you know that that it's 
it's working. So, it's great so how does it usually work? How, so someone gets in touch with you mm. and they make an appointment and what happens then? Yeah. So people get in touch and they get in touch through my website, which is the relationship coach. And there's contact form. You're very lucky. You had just the relationship coach as a website <laughs> and a name on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, that's very like, that's hard. That's a hard name to get. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was kind of naive about all this. Yeah. So I don't even know that that was hard to do. It just yeah. came to me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, people just contact me through my website. There's a list of questions just so I get an idea of where you're coming from and what your goals might be if we were work together for a couple of months. And then from that, I send you a relationship assessment. You fill in this form and then I get a sense of where you're at. So from there, we then have a suitability call. We have a chat and I decide, uh, we decide really um, what would be the best service for you. So um, generally speaking, the biggest program that I have that most clients go for is the Let Love In program, which is my three month program. And that really is aimed at, you know, helping people find ways to open to love when you know a lot of the times we can just have so many barriers mm-hmm. up against really allowing yeah. it in you know for protection reasons and lots of other reasons but um yeah so then i have i have other programs i run other workshops um but that three-month program is 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 Let the one that, program. that's lovely oh that's made me feel really nice <laughs> 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 i haven't even done the program and you like yeah that's great <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah that's amazing it sounds like a lot of work as in a lot of work has gone mm. into setting it all up and oh yeah like even writing the program and you know totally. formulating and everything. that's incredible yeah. Yeah. yeah and if um our listeners wanted to get in touch with you um is there anything uh <laughs> they could do in particular <laughs> well yeah I, I was thinking about this before i came to meet you girls and i'm very happy to offer a 10 percent discount off the first month of working with me um and all you have to do is just contact me through my contact form and just mention that you've been listening to the Great podcast great great yeah. there you go <laughs> yay right well we crack on with some questions yeah so, so we did a call out for questions and we got loads and they were brilliant i have to say very varied um i guess i wasn't sure what we we're going to get back yeah we kind of put it out there we didn't really um like we're very vague. we were very vague we just said that we were having annie on and um any questions about relationships which yeah. could be absolutely anything yeah um so we got lots in really varied um the first one i think that i might start with is one that got the most replies like i posted it and then there was most so many replies saying i feel this too so i might read it out Mm -hmm. um so this is and this was a new term that i'd never heard of before um really interesting though and it was can we talk about rocd (laughs) so relationship ocd Uh, i think (laughs) it's not roshin ocd not i was like rocd um i overthink everything and every so often even though i love my boyfriend and have a really strong relationship I suddenly start thinking, should we break up? What if it all goes bad later on? Maybe because my parents are ter- terrible separation. And then to make it worse, I'm like, if I'm thinking these things, is is this my gut telling me that? But when I really sit down, I, I think about it. It's just me overthinking. But it's so confusing and upsetting because you know how some people say, if you're if you're or even thinking about it, it's your answer. Uh, I, I hate th- that shit. I know. If you're even thinking it's your answer, I know. it's not. No, it's your just it's thoughts. Like, yeah. But I think for some reason that it's just my or OCD. Please tell me I'm not alone. So I actually posted that as the story. And we got so many replies being like, oh my God, I feel the same way. I was like, I feel the same way. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I always get thoughts in my head. I guess when you get to a certain point in a relationship as well, like I've been with Andrea for almost three years now. And I think, but what if she's not the one? And then if my gut's telling me, like, I feel like, oh my gosh, she's going to hear this now and freak out. Oh, Jane. No, no. no. it's normal. No, it's, it's completely normal. normal. Because I'm like, no, but I love her so much. Like, 
I'm being ridiculous. Mm. But why do these thoughts go- help us, Annie? Yeah, why do we do these <laughs> help thoughts? Help us. <laughs> we all have them. I think we all have them, but we all have them to lesser or greater degrees. So, mm. I mean, the idea that the OCD is, you know, the idea that you'd have relationship related obsessions and compulsions. Mm. But, you know, the thing with the OCD piece is that avoidance can become the compulsion. So if you constantly try to avoid thinking this way, then comes in suffering and pain because you're actually you're almost thinking that by having these thoughts it's um it's dangerous that you know because there's a mean you're almost attributing meaning to the thoughts so if you were to actually believe the thought that jane sorry now to bring it back to (laughs) but any couple any couple who's having a thought that like the person they're with may not be the right person it's it's the simple notion that i'm believing that thought rather than just seeing it for what it is and accepting that my brain's job is to create thoughts. So my brain is doing its job. But what I'm doing by believing it is the part that's causing suffering. So what I need to try and do is accept that this is my brain's way of just doing its job. But when we're in this ROCD piece, it's like we're actually believing every single thought that's Mm. coming in as if it's a fact. So I think... The biggest piece to try and figure out is what are your triggers or what are your wounds Mm. in relationships so that you can bring some sense of awareness when those thoughts are coming in. So let's say you're afraid of commitment. This used to be one of my old ones, so I'll use this. (laughs) Um, It's still one that I have to manage, you know, where if I'm to meet somebody and a relationship is progressing, um, that I can start to do exactly what you were just describing, Jane, this idea of coming up with all of these ideas why this person would be wrong for me. And it's all in an effort to avoid intimacy and to avoid closeness. But it's the very thing that I want. So what's happening is um, my patterns are are kind of signalling that... um, it's dangerous or it's it's a bad idea to be in a relationship it's a fear essentially fear of even though the relationship is something you really want yeah it's a fear of getting intimate with somebody so it's like is it a kind of thing that you wanted so much that almost like your your thoughts are sabotaging like is it maybe not sabotage right but like if you want something so much then these thoughts can just start just trying to be like i don't know like well the, the the thoughts are kind of they're sort of a protective mechanism mm. in a way because they're they're trying to sabotage it so that you'll avoid having to go there. So you're constantly yeah. staying outside of the realm of being in a relationship. Yeah. Because, yeah. I, am I confusing you? No, no. not at all. <laughs> no, so what would you say to people who say exactly what she said? Oh, if you're just having that thought, yeah. well then that's a telltale sign. Oh yeah. yeah that's a good, that's your gut. That's, like, that's your gut telling you. What, yeah. what would you say to that? And that's the same question that I was actually posing only recently. The idea that you could be experiencing or you could have experienced trauma in relationship when you were younger would mean that there might be a fear around relationships, you mm. know, a fear of, of actually entering relationships. So you might have all of these ideas that are coming up as fear based thinking, but it's not actually your gut. You know, just because you're having fearful thoughts doesn't mean that you're in danger, but your body may respond as if you are. Okay. Yeah. So So then how you would you differentiate that from someone who you're just not that into? <laughs> oh God, like when that's actually a good like, well, like then how do you it's so I'm just thinking like if I was listening to this right now and let's say there's someone and she's seen someone and she's like, I don't know if I'm that into him or her. 
what do I do? And then she hears you and says, well, I'm just afraid of something, so I'm no, going to keep going with it. Yeah, but I do I, think... I I'm do, just being devil's advocate. I know, and I'm going to say the stupidest thing here, but I do think that, you know, though, like, I think this girl I wrote in, like, she know, she says she knows that she loves this guy and wants to be with him, and she she's kind of answering her own questions. She knows it's mm. irrational, maybe. But I, I think you also know when you know. I think there's... A, I've had, obviously, OCD, OCD, whatever you want to call it, um... But I've also had good feelings about things. And to me, they do feel quite different. But maybe that's just me. And how do they feel different? Or, or could you explain how you thought they felt different? If you were to think back. I don't know. Good feeling for me is just very different than any feeling I've ever felt. It's just yeah. this lingering. You're mad for your good feelings. and Am I? You always talk about good feelings. Do I? Yeah. I think I'm quite in tune with my gut, to be honest. It's always annoying me. Well, ever since you're diagnosed <laughs> it's your diagnosed with It's your second brain. Um... <laughs> Do you think that? I never even knows that? Uh, I love. Rose I love, mad for her gut feelings. Am I? Yeah, yeah. I love when people go like, with your gut, Jane. Go with your gut. <laughs> well, maybe it's because I I have a, a strong connection to my gut, Jane. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I just for me it can be very strong. But like mm. maybe other people, it's just harder to tell the difference. But for me, I, I've always found. See, it. I would be the exact opposite. Would I you? Okay. Cannot tell the difference. Really? No. Yeah. I I can't I can't tell the difference between irrational thoughts and and real life mm. really okay yeah I struggle with it I do yeah so you might have a, you might have a thought that would you be able to tell that know that it's irrational or are you at the stage um, well I have a lot of I build up narratives in my head and then have a really hard time when that kind of fantasy disappears and I have to face real life mm. oh yeah well and yeah but I like in normal everyday things almost like I build up narratives and when they okay. prove not to be true it really affects me um, that's not really a good feeling though is it I think we're going off on a tangent here well I feel like I'm in therapy session <laughs> <laughs> well yeah how did we get to that well it was a good question though you were trying to figure out yeah. you know how do we differentiate between what is a good feeling and what is actually genuinely fear. might maybe what you genuinely, genuinely are thinking I'm not like I'm not inside not referring to this yeah. girl who's message in but somebody who could be genuinely thinking this relationship maybe isn't what I want yeah and how are we going to navigate that but my response was I think you just know yeah <laughs> which is not helpful well in that case yeah you probably just let it run its course and, like. I, I think you just have to tolerate the uncertainty for a certain period of time and, and just settle and see yeah, yeah and just see because I think the thing with a, a good reaction or a good response is like that it can be a slower, more gradual feeling that's kind of quite whispering to you whereas mm. those fear-based you know responses or those trauma-based responses can be a little bit more reactionary where you just want i want to get the fuck out of this you know yeah, yeah. i have to get out you That's know that really kind of point. immediate and usually comes feeling. up as you said earlier like trying to think about when those feelings are coming up like mm-hmm. is it as a result of something else are you noticing a pattern yes which i think is really interesting because whereas yeah the good feeling of a relationship not being right is probably just lingering there for because i know I've, when i've known people who've been ending relationships as an outsider looking in you can see it form like you can see it you can see the patterns you're just like god they've started saying this and then it very slowly though mm. i find and then and then it's like oh, we're gonna break up and you're like jesus and you're not really surprised because you've kind of seen it linger for a while but yeah that's interesting what the, like the gut is probably longer term i'd be interested in knowing as well in your opinion mm. what what does like fomo how does FOMO play into in how, terms people, of being single how, to, how people feel comfortable in their relationships in that? I mean, like, let's say um, someone gets engaged, mm-hmm. a friend oh, gets we were just, engaged. Me and Jane were literally talking about this yesterday. This, <laughs> and 
suddenly it makes you question your relationship. Should I get engaged? Well, you're to, not engaged. Um, should I get engaged? Oh, well, if someone else is getting engaged, then I probably should get engaged too. And it changes your perception of your whole relationship. Mm. So how would you deal? How would you see kind of the comparisons, how people react to comparing themselves with friends mm. or family or whatever? Yeah. yeah. And how that impacts their relationships? Mm. I think it's a real human response to compare you know it's definitely not a healthy thing to be doing on a regular Mm. basis but I think it has some there's some positives to it because I think it gives you an opportunity to invite discussion on a particular topic so let's say your friends have gotten engaged recently it can be if you haven't already had that conversation it can be perfect time to kind of bring up the conversation of you know marriage or things like that it can also help you to evaluate where you are at and is marriage something you want if you haven't already thought about it so I think I think when we start to compare it can be a good mirror for kind of thinking about okay if I'm really desiring that and I hadn't really thought about it until this person did it maybe I need to rethink where my relationship's at Mm. if I'm seeing this as a goal that I really want to meet but if you're doing it about everything then I think it has to come back to you know being grounded in who you are and what you want I'm really getting clear on that. That's actually so mm. interesting because I, the minute I started, like me and Jane were having this conversation about the engagement FOMO, like only a few months ago, we recorded a podcast about marriage and we're both like, yeah, like whatever, was chill, chill, chill. And then someone gets engaged and we're both like, Jesus Christ, do I need to get engaged? So it's really funny, like how just someone else's action made us both. Well, kind so of like, but, but I think it's, I, I saw it definitely as a negative. Like I was like that I was like comparing and I was like God Roisin like I was then having a thought myself why are you comparing yourself and your relationship to their engagement and then but now that you've said it I'm like well actually it's kind of it's not a bad thing necessarily because you're just then taking stock of what you might want or you're thinking about see I just hate change I just I don't want anyone to grow up I don't want anyone to get engaged that's the main I know I'm like people are getting engaged now she's like oh god does that mean that I'm almost at the age where I have to get engaged not that I don't want to get married someday but I'm just like no I'm not ready yet well that's the first thing you said you were like said whatever ages girl was and you were just like shit that's younger than me (laughs) so that's like an age promo but it's more like do I have to get married now because this is a normal age to get married? You know, like, it just freaked me out. But I don't think age is any ever a reason to get married. No, never. Yeah. No, never. I just don't no. want anyone... I just want to be just want to stay 24 young. forever. Yeah, I hear you on that. Yeah, too. you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, mean. I agree. But I think it's a, it's a good way of looking at, though, how society can have such an impact. You know, yeah. like, the decisions that other people make can have such a big impact on what you think you should be doing and how you can then feel inadequate some way if you're not doing that so as you get older like I'm older than you girls now and I've seen a lot of people go through you know engagements and then it's children no that's how you've seen the the patterns yeah and I've also felt some of those feelings where you start to wonder oh gosh is that something I really should be doing and you know it's like it's it's a real norm in Ireland like it's kind of a question that a lot of people ask you early on after meeting for me like sometimes it happens was like I've yeah like I sometimes think oh my god are people judging me and Dave's relationship because we've been together for nine years and we're not engaged and we're we're not fair play more parents and we're not planning to get married in the immediate future but and I feel like are people judging Oh, they're not getting married that's weird and then I'm like why would I care like is that a, no- is that a normal reaction to have like why do I care what people think of our relationship it's so traditional and, and really it's-, it's just the tax breaks you're going to get you know how's it going to change your relationship no really? I know but it's okay yeah, it's why do I care what other people uh, yeah I think it is a traditional just like tap on my shoulder 
<laughs> like I'm like are people thinking that it's bad that we're not oh, married it's traditional tap on your ovaries <laughs> well that's true well I certainly don't think you have to get married before you have kids no no I don't think so either well in my in my like for me anyway anyway how have we gotten down here <laughs> No would idea. you would you get like would that be a common anxiety people have would like marriage be yeah a, a big topic between in, in couples because there was kind of time connecting it up between a questionnaire someone a few questions came in that their partner um wanted to progress with children and even i, I yeah kids house the whole lot and the the, the girl in both instances says she wasn't ready mm-hmm. so was that would that be a popular yeah of course yeah yeah it is uh the the idea that somebody wouldn't be ready regardless of their gender is totally normal i yeah. mean the the idea like you just said jane of change is huge so how do i adapt to a new change and is it something you know it's kind of like all the connotations then that come with that if mm-hmm. we move in together then is this it is this my 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 last ever opportunity to live on my own oh so god there's loads of yeah. Fears. Yeah. i remember that when i moved to a date you i was like i know <laughs> i just i was like i'm never gonna live with my girlfriends again <laughs> do you know what i did i i definitely felt like that but now i'm like I couldn't imagine couldn't living with five other people in a shared I know. house. <laughs> yeah. But it's the prospect of change is the it's main prospect fear. Change. Yeah. Yeah. It's trying to, it's, it's entering into that. It's entering into the unknown, first of all, yeah. because of course you don't know what's laying ahead of you if yeah. you're moving into some, in with your partner for the first time. And then it is adapting to the change and the loss, mm. you know, the loss of living on your own, living a single life or, you know, living a more independent life to then living a more codependent life and mm. then adjusting to that. And, tolerating all of the differences and going through all of that that comes with it so, and how, so how do would you like navigate that if one person in the relationship is saying i want whether it's like moving in getting married having a kid buying a house let's say they're all the they're the or move i don't know something else moving pillars. abroad but let's say they're the, they're the, the four mm. main pillars and if one person wants one of them and the other person is slower behind that like what's mm. a good way to approach that it's it, it it's simple but I mean for some people this can be a real biggie it's um sitting down and talking about it like mm. you would if you were um having a board meeting at work you mm. know where everyone has to come <laughs> together and talk about the jobs that need to yeah. be done you know regardless of um again the gender thing like you know a, a lot of um couples who come to me in um opposite sex relationships and it seems that still a lot of the lion's share of the work falls on the woman you mm-hmm. know which is unfair but i think the way it's resolved is that before you move in together of course i'm speaking in a very idealistic way mm-hmm. that two people um sit down and talk and discuss like okay here's all the jobs that we have to do who's going to manage them so mm-hmm. let's say it is that the man uh, takes care of uh, cooking and mm. food and groceries and all of that stuff that then the woman might have another job like the outside of the house yeah. or vice, yeah. vice versa or whatever way they work it out but that they kind of just approach it that way like a team rather yeah. than um the woman having to ask because yeah. then it's like well, yeah. why would i be asking like this is a two so it's actually just like literally to- <laughs> yeah like it's funny i do think that like in a work situation you have meetings you talk very clearly about things everyone knows the intention mm. everyone knows the outcome everyone knows the next step but i find that in a relationship it's so it's so difficult i think to just like talk about serious topics and to like 
not let your emotions take mm-hmm. over and like to, be, to talk like very frankly about like your future and stuff I think can be very difficult for a lot of people just to be like very open and yeah because I think people are scared to scared, face it yeah. it's like well I don't want to leave you but maybe somewhere in the back of my head there's something could be not compatible then like, so let's, let's say hypothetically you could be in a relationship where like one person knows they definitely want kids let's say or something and the other person mm-hmm. knows they definitely don't and it's in the back of your head or something and you're like I don't even want to bring it up or whatever it may yeah. be like I think fear is probably a big thing around blocking communication probably yeah, it is it's huge but I think when you look at fear uh, a lot of the times what's behind fear is the fact that I'll be rejected or I'll be left Mm. you know if I actually bring up this topic but most of the topics are so big that you actually have to discuss them like I mean if somebody if you are with somebody who doesn't want children and you know for sure you definitely do it's kind of a it's a deal deal breaker breaker. it really is is a deal breaker and there are so those things in relationships and I think yeah they're just deal breakers like and kids is probably the no, I'm sure there's lots of them, but kids will probably be the main one, I'd imagine, yeah. because it's such a life-changing yeah. thing. So if 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 so, the, one of the two of the girls asked, yeah, they're related, their partner isn't, they're not ready, they don't feel ready. Mm. So is that just literally about speaking to your partner and saying, yeah, I'm not honestly, ready. yeah, and yeah. The other, it's up to the other person then to kind of be okay with waiting, or yeah. yeah, I think probably you know cushioning all of that with like however they genuinely feel about the person like Mm. are they really you know really in love with the person but right now it just doesn't feel right and maybe I will I just need more time and then the partner might need to know how much more time do you need maybe you don't know that maybe you do but the honesty is yes policy in these kinds of yeah if you're like I genuinely don't know know how long it'll be it could be years you have to be honest about that because again it's someone else's life as well exactly which is just like oh god that is so hard so hard especially like it's so tricky because like sometimes you hear of couples breaking up and they're like and they're the real heartbreak no they're all heartbreaking but they're the ones that like there was no fight there was no cheating there was no big deal it was just that one of them wasn't ready for something else or and it's you know it's sad they both still love each other and just have to let go it is sad. Okay, I'm gonna dig up another mm. another question. Do you know what's really nice? Just as she's looking there, um, as you were talking about, like you know, having to share the workload and having a discussion and being a team. Like my friend who got engaged last week, she described it in the most perfect way. She was really caught off guard by it, um, but then she was like, "But you know, he just kind of said, you know, we're teammates now." Aww. Like, and I'm like, that's actually the loveliest way to look at it. Just like, so oh, here's nice. this guy that's on my team, and we work together, and yeah. it's life together, and, and that really like calmed me that's about uh, yeah. marriage and commitment. I was like, oh yeah, a teammate. And should divorce is not that. big a deal anymore. It's as not well. that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously that's not the outcome of marriage that you would want. <laughs> no, but it's just a nice perspective. Like, it's it's oh, kind of more that. of a modern approach to yeah to marriage as opposed to totally. like. And it's also getting used to like. What other people like for me marriage has never been like a massive deal whether you do or you don't like but to some people it's like just such a big deal and a very very yeah. big commitment and a real thing that they they but would neither put... of us ever like we've talked about this recently on another podcast neither of us have ever like dreamt about walking down the aisle at all you and me like yeah, yeah no <laughs> 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 the announcement. that's what the live show is on the 19th yeah. June guys what do you th- actually that's, like, that's an interesting because like yeah. there are I know people who've like since they were like little girls they've been dreaming about getting married regardless mm. of having the partner in their lives or not at that stage you know obviously through their lives obviously when they're really young but uh, like is that just a desire is it just a desire for a fairy tale or is it just is it a very mm. common desire just for happy ending or what is it yeah 
I mean, like you girls, I don't have that same feeling. I've yeah. never had that feeling of like the fantasy and walking up the aisle. But I know and a my lot life of is made for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people have. I mean, I think it's like um, it is a kind of fantasy, and I think fairy tales have really supported that idea. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Yeah. my prince, and it's so damaging because then you grow up thinking you're going to have this one person who's going to rescue you, or you yeah. know, like everything will be fine everything once you're married or whatever yes, yeah married. and another piece to that is growing up knowing you're gay and gay marriage isn't legal mm-hmm. oh god there's another gonna have yeah. that like there's a whole other thing so i'm kind of thankful that i didn't dream about it or maybe that's why i didn't dream about it because yeah. i never thought it was a possibility until wow. uh 2015 yeah, yeah. mad thanks for voting yes guys <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so was two questions here about sharing the workload, actually, like actual house workload. Um, I think you kind of mm. already touched on that. It's just about actually discussing who's doing what, really, and like yeah. Yeah. saying that you're frustrated, I'd imagine. Yeah, and just, I suppose, like, it sounds clinical, but actually just looking at all of the chores that need to be done in a household, including childcare, if that's part of the equation, and like agreeing time in advance and sitting mm. down and just approaching it like you would if you were in a in a work situation (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go i've got the minutes on um uh, just thinking here like as well kind of on the same vein how would you approach conversations around like money like that that was actually the next question so she said someone earns money money one side earns more money but but they want to split things equally I have something to say about this before you do okay oh jane (laughs) okay sorry i just i've very strong feelings about this because I'm in a position where I or Andrea works in childcare, and you know, it's and I work in marketing, and the world isn't fair. The world is upside down, topsy turvy. Where looking after your children is paid less than the fucking oh, it's advertising. Literally the most important job in the whole world. But anyway, yeah. so um, it means that you know certain things like rent. Like I pay a little bit more rent because mm. you know it's just it's it's you know it's all relative or whatever. But I also have a strong feeling as well that to pay more is to disempower her. Like, I would never want her to think that she's not p- pulling her weight. And I think it's good for her if we split things equally and everything like that. I was, because me and Dave were in that situation years and years ago when I started started up my job and I was on like a trainee role or whatever. Um, and he paid more rent. I never felt <laughs> like, I never felt that like imbalance of power, to really? be honest, when I was on the other end of it. No, no, I just was like, that's fair. <laughs> Makes sense. Like, I'm on, I was on so much less than him at that time. And the tables have turned in certain months where I earn more, you know, and we, for for us, it was very, it just kind of happened naturally. And it would happen if the tables turned again, I would do it. He would do it. I know, I know some couples that can be more up and down like that, though. Whereas with you guys, it's probably going to be. Yeah, look, it's not like a significant, it's not like Mm. I'm earning like five grand more than her or anything like that. I do pay a little bit more rent, but I guess I'm just very careful. I don't want to be paying everything. And it's nothing to do with money. It's more Mm. just like, no. Like and she's completely fine with that too, and would always wants to split things with me. So anyway, so that's why I think this question was yeah, very it's really along the lines question. of. But it was very this how she put it was very along the lines of it's not fair that mm. we're splitting things. Whereas that's yeah, my view. It was money. What did she say? Let me get the exact question. When one side earns more but wants to split things equally, so I can't tell if she's the side that earns more and want, or if the other half is the side that earns yeah. more and mm. she's frustrated by that. I can't really tell. I guess it's totally case by case and how isn't it yeah Yeah. I think it is case by case I think if you're living fairly moderately splitting things down the middle is probably fine but then if you have one person who Mm. is living a bit more of a lavish lifestyle and they're 
only contributing their half and they're the bigger earner then maybe that needs yeah. to be re-evaluated yeah. I think. or like I'd say where it would cause pr- problems if if let's say one the person who's earning more is paying more rent but then if you see the other person like oh well you bought that and you bought does that does that make a little bit of bitterness come through you know like I'm paying more rent here but you bought two pairs of shoes this month I wonder like could that cause yeah you yeah, know it's own little dramas um but I guess my question is how do you approach those those yeah. conversations because when it comes mm. to money like people see a lot of self-worth in how much money they earn as well yeah they do so how do you approach those conversations in a sensitive mm. way i think i think again you just have to you have to have the conversation mm. because otherwise you're kind of skirting around the topic okay. and then it becomes a bigger issue so i think with money yeah people can be funny about money for sure but i think if you're kind of discussing money on a daily basis and you're if, if you want to start there let's say you, you never talk about money and you're really uncomfortable about starting the topic mm. i would bring it down to maybe just bring in the conversation of money into everyday everyday chats and then kind of from there say I'm just, I've just been thinking I, I would really um I think we need to talk about money can we have a conversation about that and do that like actually it's scary isn't it I literally yeah. you like, saying that I was like, oh, and I don't mean money so but like I think just any com- any serious conversation I just feel like even just like you even it's the person you know the most in the whole world but even being like yeah so I just think we should talk about like I have to te- I have a terrible habit of just like um, any serious conversation like I'm not like okay we need to talk about this thing I will say blurt out something or like half say something and then I'm like oh uh, you know and I'm like oh like I've just I can't be like <laughs> take it back I can't be like okay so I want to talk about this topic um, and this is what I feel about it and I can't say it rationally I say I throw something out I half say it then I might start crying just so I can't hear what I'm saying <laughs> and then I'm like doesn't matter don't talk about it anymore and it's like we didn't even start the conversation you just said blah 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 <laughs> That's not. I'm just really bad at it. So don't do that. Don't do that. But I'm so in admiration because I literally sometimes I'm literally eavesdropping on couples and restaurants or whatever, and you're like, God, they're having such a, you know, really. I must say that's Rose's favorite thing to do. The other night, she was telling me all about eavesdrop. All about a dinner she went on with Dave, and he was trying to talk to me, and I'm just like, my mouth was like, like you could catch flies in my mouth. I'm just like listening and like he knows when I'm doing that because I, I lose my focus on my eyesight and I'm like looking past him and he's talking and I'm listening to this because if the couples in this restaurant their tables are so close I am obsessed with she was like there was two men and they were gassed they were best friends and like, they were yeah. going back to work and they had a whole bottle of wine Jane like, each I know I was like I was like, really like I was like amazed how they could have a bottle of wine each and go back to work on an afternoon I am the nosiest. I'm so interested in what in people what people are talking about and their situations on the dart on the bus. It's like my heaven. I love it. You love it. Yeah. I love it. I love hearing what's going on in people's eyes. I'm nosy, nosy. Well done. But anyway, can't even. I can't even remember what we're talking about now. It's like I love it. Okay, I have an, I have another question. Go on. Right. So there's two that came in around. Um, yeah, so only being able to attract the lads who want something casual or kind of, and then also somebody who's like going for men who are maybe unavailable, as in maybe they're with someone else or maybe they're just, not, again, not ready for a relationship. Mm. There's a few questions on that. Okay. Well, that one is a really common one, especially going for the emotionally unavailable people. And a lot of the times um, it is a signal that the person themselves may be emotionally unavailable. So, oh, yeah, that they're not ready for a relationship themselves. Yeah, it can be that that actually they're just not ready. So it it can be a signal that they have more inner work to do. So it's generally speaking, and this of course is very you know broad. 
statement to make but when I meet with people who are consistently kind of meeting people who are not ready for a relationship and they're saying but I really want to meet somebody and I really want a relationship but yet I'm attracting people who live in other countries or Mm. I'm attracting um, people who maybe are already other ways engaged like they're with somebody else or they're seeing somebody else or from the get-go they're clearly just not up for a relationship you know you can tell that person doesn't want a relationship like they're buzzing around the place having a great time whatever the reason is and you're like why why are you going with that person yeah yeah Yeah. and then then the person can almost become fascinated on that person yes yeah you know obsessive yeah yeah Whereas like when it comes to meeting somebody, you have to bring your head and your heart into the equation. So if you're just going to be led by your heart, which is, oh, my God, but he's so gorgeous and I love him. And, you know, I know he really likes me because this, that and the other. Yeah. And, and all the facts are telling you otherwise. Yeah. Been yeah. Oh. We've all been there, yeah, haven't we? You know, at some stage or another. And it usually is like if I yeah. think going back to when if I was in that situation, I was always when I actually, in hindsight, looking back, wasn't ready for a relationship at all myself mm, yeah. I was either heartbroken over someone else or just not in that space which is yeah. interesting isn't it yeah or just almost being caught up in the drama of it all and, and not being aware of the reality do you know I, I just think of myself when I think of those scenarios I'm like but I just couldn't really clearly see things like in the same way that I can now would you get would you get people coming to you then that like are consistently like I can't, I'm just going after the wrong guys yeah yeah and that you, is yeah. That's the first thing that we work on. It's like the first session I sit down with single clients and I say, okay, let's have a look at your relationship history. Take their relationship history. And then if I see that there is somebody who's consistently attracting people who are just wrong for them or just don't lead them in the direction of what they're looking for, which is, you know, a long term, Mm. healthy, committed relationship, then we have to start talking about like that being their pattern and exploring why that might be their pattern. Because so interesting. Yeah. Because like you think about like, of course, people should if, if you really want a relationship and that's ultimately something that's very very important to you mm. of course you should go to a relationship coach and like talk about your patterns and relationships and yeah. what you look for so interesting mm. such a good idea well as we <laughs> always say like you know everybody should go to some form of therapy or mm. counselling yeah. throughout their lives at some stage yeah. at some stage like and for sure it's just a form of that like because yeah like I genuinely believe like I it's funny actually now that you say it because I got into a relationship with Andrea a year after I started therapy and I genuinely mm. believe that I wouldn't have been able to stay in a relationship or start a relationship with Andrea had I have not gone to that therapy and done that work on myself um, best thing I ever did yeah therapy therapy yeah yeah there you go can't knock it um, 10% so, off guys <laughs> yeah 10% off so yeah so if, you're, if your pattern is that you're going for unavailable mm. people then it's it's kind of yeah exactly it's just a signal that there is some work that needs to be done around your own availability for yourself okay great. yeah mm. um okay so there was a few questions that kind of around communication so one of them like in particular was like he never shows great excitement sad or anger and i'm a pretty dramatic person that's <laughs> what so she said um and if, that could be tough though yeah and someone else again just said like just yeah communicating when we have different styles of communication um mm. yeah yeah so communication is one of the biggest ones when I work with couples it's I think it's like one of the top I would say the top 
three issues that people would come with or concerns. And um, yeah, communication and effective communication is a big one because like you were just describing, Ro, like our emotions mm. get in the way of mm. so much that like sometimes we can approach a conversation and we're either so mad or so sad or so um, whatever the feeling might be that we can't really communicate in a straightforward way when our brain is kind of in this sort of lockdown mode. So mm. I think you have to approach conversations with people when you're in a good state of mind, when you're actually feeling mm. like you're calm and you're not um, ready to kill the person you're with, you mm. know, when you're actually in that state of mind where you know what you want to talk about. And so you're not on the brink of tears about it, you know, yeah. you calm down about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to be in that kind of state of mind. But you also need to know what what are you having a conversation about and what is the outcome like? Is the outcome something that you can control or you can't? So in the case of that follower who's asking about, you know, the emotional response of my partner, it's hard to know. Like, I, I, I can understand the difficulty because if you're... Can you just read it again, Ro? What does she, she say? Um, I'm somebody. He never shows great excitement, sad or anger. And I'm mm. uh, pretty dramatic. <laughs> She's pretty dramatic, okay. He never sh- shows... shows any, it sounds any. like any extreme emotion, really. Yeah. Happy, yeah. like, which is... That would yeah. be difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But like there is there is this theory that, that um or this term called alexithemia that a lot of guys apparently um experience where they have actual difficulty in experiencing and feeling emotion. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that they can't actually there. identify it. It's a result of like, you know, adhering to traditional of course, yeah. roles Societal. of masculinity, like yeah. toxic masculinity really, you know, that they can't that they feel they can't share how they genuinely feel. So I guess, I mean... What was the term called again? Alexithemia. Alexithemia. Did mm. you ever see, yeah. like, um, like, I've never seen it. I'm sure I'm sure there's many women who find it hard to cry, but um, sometimes if you see a man cry, like, literally, like, as the tears are coming out of their eyes, it's almost like they're, like, push, trying to push the tears back <laughs> in, you know? Like, yeah. I've seen, like, a few men cry in my life, yeah. and it's almost like they're... The, like whereas if I'm crying my tears are rolling down my face down my neck you know I'm like yeah. but it's like they're almost like don't want to it's really hard to watch because you're just like yeah. let them flow I know, <laughs> I know it's hard to think that they couldn't it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's also like very Irish as well yes you know which is very I sad know, I, I, yeah I don't know yeah. like because I, I haven't I don't experience and yeah with other men being like do they feel emotions more mm-hmm. but yeah I, I wonder is it embarrassing I think are particularly bad definitely for sure but I think toxic masculinity in general is probably mm-hmm. fair yeah I'd say mm-hmm. oh man well, I actually, I, I did some research. It was, uh, I did my master's in psychology in Glasgow and I um, did a piece of research around uh, men who had attempted to take their own lives and I interviewed them. And um, yeah, a lot of what I studied was around that topic of alexithemia because um, a lot of men who had attempted to take their own lives and were un- unsuccessful, you know, claimed that they... Um, didn't feel that they could share the troubles that were on their mm. mind with their partners and again that fed into that that cultural expectation again that men should be for want of a better word like hard and strong yeah. and this and get you on, know, with, it get on like, with it yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're in a heterosexual relationship mm. and, and your partner is acting like that or you might worry that he is keeping things mm. in how would you approach that with your partner yeah, I mean, I would wonder 
the girl in this situation is saying that she's dramatic but I wonder is she able to express her emotions healthy in a healthy way because sometimes if we can role model that behavior um, it can mm. be a good way for your partner to see that it's actually okay I you know I can I can express when I'm feeling down or shit and mm. not be rejected you mm. know so I think how we role model in relationships is really important mm. so yeah because I know I'll that probably start yeah, there yeah because yeah, I know that it, my relationship I'm going to like major detail on the podcast but Dave is we have both very different communication styles like mm. he's much more inward and would take a long time to come to like he'd be like if I asked him a question he would like go away and think about it and come back and he'd be like really thinking hard to come back with like a perfect answer whereas I'm a lot more reactive and a lot more like blah, blah, you know um and it's just interesting and it's been something that we've had to consistently work on because we have mm-hmm. such different communication styles. Like yeah. you obviously Jane, you know both of us. You know that we're very different. Oh, yeah. Our personalities could, are like takes Dave half an hour to get a sentence out. He would be a very slow thinker, slow talker. But very thoughtful. But but with intention behind yeah. what he says. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? He's not shy talking, but it'd be much whereas I am like as you can tell right now, I'm talking a mile a minute. I'm much more I don't know. Maybe that's why you compliment each other. Perhaps. Do but that's the struggle when you're both, when you're not the same style of communication. I yeah. think that's, so this girl is saying, another girl just literally wrote in and could see it here, we struggle to understand each other's point of view, any tips for better communication. Mm. Um, like when you're both opposites and are different, it's hard. Or could you compliment each other? Like, mm. is, like what, is there any truth in the theory of opposites attract? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can you can be with somebody who's completely opposite to you. And the challenge there is tolerating the difference, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can understand um, where you're challenged, mm-hmm. you know, that you can own that and you can mm-hmm. share that with your partner and you can maybe start to address and see where they're challenged, that it's about like it's not about having the perfect conversation. It's about knowing that if I've kind of messed that up, that I can come back and say, oh, here, so I didn't handle that right. Yeah. Like, yeah. About, yeah that, like, so this girl who wrote in is saying he struggles with anger and sadness and mm. but maybe there's about learnings on both sides and maybe yeah. she, she needs to also look at her own communication style and to be like, okay, I know I have a tendency to fly off the handle. Yeah. He has a tendency not to show too much emotion. How can we both be aware of these things and then go forward yeah. and communicate? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's always interesting to look at the things that we're blaming in other people to really become curious about that. Oh, interesting. Mm. Because what is it that, why is that annoying you? Like, what is it about that? Exactly, yeah. Gosh, that's great. So much to go and think about. So much, isn't there? There's so much. Um, We are at 45 minutes. Can I have one more? Because it's kind of an interesting one. It's a bit different. Um, Okay, so what to do when your family do not warm to your other half? They don't hate, but
yeah that that the part yeah. that the family are kind of making an assumption about him that he's not he or she is not good enough for for their daughter or son or whoever yeah, it might be it's been a, i know i'm sure of all the situations where your friend could have started seeing somebody or whatever mm. and you're like you know you see things maybe that from an outside looking in or mm. maybe just because you feel like you know your friend in certain yeah. ways and yeah. that can happen quite often and sometimes i think it is interesting to listen to that as yeah. well i think it could be interesting but i think equally you have to come back to yourself and trusting your own choices because sometimes you can be over influenced by other people's opinion and I think again sometimes you need to set boundaries like around Mm -hmm. I don't think it's okay that you speak about my partner like that like Mm -hmm. I know you love me and I know you have my best interest at heart but I really need you to not kind of badmouth my partner anymore yeah or you're like taking that on board yeah. okay you've said it and you've said you've always yeah. your concerns and that's because it's hurtful it's disrespectful yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah i think it's i think it's one thing just to if your family or whoever in this mm. case it's family but could be friends or whatever but i think mm. they, they yeah they voice their concerns and you say okay i've heard you or whatever but that's kind of you can't make their choices for them and so they the shouldn't day. be continuously hammering you on it either i would say that's not really fair if you've, if you've already discussed it no. as well. no and especially if, if a person was in an unhealthy relationship um it would be really important that the friend would still stand by their mm. friend rather mm-hmm. than saying negative negative things about let's say whoever they're with and then kind of giving up on their friend you yeah. know if their friend isn't yeah, listening because yeah. you know in a lot of um, unhealthy relationships like you really need a good friend there if you're in a bad relationship so for anyone who might have a friend that they'd be concerned about don't give up on your friend even yeah. if it appears that she's not listening to you you know he or she may need you um so yeah that's good nice. advice as well mm. So we've got, we're going to do a cheeky thing. We've got um, lots of questions around another topic. We've got so many in around um, being single and kind of how to navigate that kind of pre-relationship The dating stage. world. The dating world, the apps, um, tips on, I guess, not being, trying to not be single anymore and how you start a relationship. Or be comfortable being single. Yes, mm-hmm. and how to be comfortable being single. Yeah, so loads of questions around that that we literally thought that warrants its own episode. So we're going to... Where is that episode? So that episode <laughs> is on our Shy Talk uh, series. We're going to record it now. Um, so If you don't know what Shy Talk is, Shy Talk, yeah. I think we're on the fourth episode of Shy Talk now. Yeah. So on the off week, we release episodes every two weeks. On the off week, we... Uh, put out a shy talk episode and um, there's already four episodes up so if you become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash the state of us it's uh, the price of a pint a month and you can get access to like a backlog of loads of episodes also an unreleased episode yeah yeah isn't that mad yeah one's never released and you can hear our original theme music <laughs> yeah which is not, not, not as good as no not great yeah and listen to all the shy talk episodes uh, up until now so yeah we're gonna go record the single focused episode uh, on Patreon now. So, um, yeah, if you want to get your hands on that, you can become a patron and have yeah. a listen, and it's going to be good. But I think this was a great discussion and it yeah, was amazing. It really was. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We're not saying goodbye to you yet, though. We're not. We're <laughs> not. You guys might be if you're not patrons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll just remind them where they can find you then if they want to oh, yeah. kind of talk to you a bit more about mm. about the topics we, we discussed today. Great. Um, yes, you can find me on the relationshipcoach.ie and you can also just direct message me on Instagram I'm really um, I'm probably there more often than elsewhere and again that's the relationship coach yeah brilliant and if yeah and you get 10% off yeah Yeah. 10% off the first month the first month (laughs) how often do people how often do people usually is it like once a week once a month Uh, yeah Yeah, people come to me generally for three months and it's um, every second month they meet we meet face to face and then outside of that we have email and phone call support 
Wow. I really, really like the... Okay, for me, I really like the three-month thing, right? Because I know when I started going to therapy, I felt very daunted about like how... I remember one of the, one of the first things I asked her was, how many sessions would you recommend? And she was like, uh, well, you know, it depends. You're not doing ever done. And, and in my head, I was like, six. You know when you have like six? It was like getting my laser hair removed, but I was like, I need six sessions. And then when I have to get eight, I was like, no! But it's like that's what I had in my head I just liked the start and the end of it and even when I was coming up to like on my fifth session I was like yeah I'm definitely I'm definitely finishing up here now I'm doing grand it was completely just like not true I needed much more than six but it's never I could go back tomorrow and do another 12 you know but I I, I do like there's a part of me like the organised part of me I'm like three months love that (laughs) and obviously they can extend obviously after three months you're not kicking the head they can they can Um, yeah and then I have like um, I have group discussions that happen like every second month as well after that oh, if you wow. just want to keep in touch and kind of connect with other people because that can be a real you know kind of issue for God it's just brilliant I'm like this is great I want to do it <laughs> you should come <laughs> come along yeah, yeah. okay cool uh, thank you very much that thank was great you so yeah. much. you're welcome the questions as well yeah um, oh, great. as always share your thoughts uh, on our Instagram at the State of Us podcast and come to our uh, live show and come to our live show on June 19th yeah and as always enjoy the theme music Bye!